Hi, welcome to Review Without a Cause, the podcast where I review movies and or TV shows and I pretend to know what I'm saying and you're doing. This week, I'm going to be talking about The Serpent because it just came out on Netflix and I have been waiting for so long for this show to be on Netflix and I'm so excited. Um, I originally was going to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier that's coming probably next week, but for now, I needed to talk about this show because it was amazing and I'm still... I still want to discuss everything about it, maybe compare what actually happened with what they depict on the show, but at the same time, um, there's no way I'm going to research the real story of this man. Also, the 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 character's name are the ones I'm going to be using, not the real-life people, um, because this is based on an actual story, but the names of the characters have been changed a bit. Some of them are. Uh, to protect families and people and so I'm just going to use the ones depicted on the show oh that's okay (laughs) I hope so too um so the serpent came out on Netflix like the first of April or the second of April I've been waiting and I binge watched it in three days let's talk about this show so like always I'm going to talk about the show a little bit um the cast maybe some trivia that I can give you then I'm going to go on to do a little bit of a review without spoilers, so not not spoiling anything for you. And then eventually I'm going to go into the spoiler zone where I just talk dirty and say anything I think, and it's going to be a mess and it's going to be beautiful. That's all part of it. Let's start talking about the show and who was involved in this. So I'm, I am on IMDb and it has 7.7 stars which is already great, I think. Um, The description is, the twisting real-life story of Charles Sobrash, a murderer, thief, and seductive master of disguise who was a hidden darkness in the mid-70s on Asia's hippie trail. Um, We'll talk about Asia's hippie trail later, but it's basically, if you imagine the 70s, you imagine these youth that wanted to be free of um, capitalism and the economy and their role they had to play in society, um, and they traveled to Asia when they had no expectations that, and they could just be a little bit more spiritual and they could just have different um, experiences. And that's basically called the Hibi Trail. Those Asian countries where young people usually go to enjoy themselves, have a good time, forget about being back home, etc. The stars of the show are... Um, Charles Sobrash is played by Tahar Rahim. I've never heard of this man. I'm instantly in love with him. I had never heard of him and I had to research him because I, um, I wasn't sure, uh, who he was. Basically, I think he's done a few movies in France. His, um, his nationality is French. Um, so I think he's done a lot of movies in, in France. I didn't know him so that, you know, I'm probably sure he's going to do a lot of all the, all the stuff, but it, he was amazing in this. Then we have Herman Knippenberg, um, which is supposed to be a Dutch character, but it's played by Billy Howell. Billy Howell, um, he's been doing a lot of stuff lately. Pro, I mean, he's from the UK and this is a BBC production originally. So they did cast uh, British actors in roles that maybe they could have actually casted Dutch people or French people, but they didn't. Billy Howell has been in Dunkirk. He's been in Outlaw King from Netflix. He was on Star Wars playing Ray's father. He was in On Chesu Beach, which is a nice movie from 2017. Um, he's been in The Seagull. He's been in a lot of like indie movies that only me watched. <laughs> yeah, he's from the UK and he obviously is playing a Dutch character. 
Then we have um, Jenna Coleman. I love her in this. This is a breakthrough role for her. She's amazing. She plays Marie-André Leclerc. Sorry for the pronunciation ahead of time. Jenna Coleman has done a lot of stuff already. He's very well known and he's also British, even though he plays, um, she plays a Canadian French woman. Um, she did not know any French. That girl really said, um, I don't know any French. I don't understand what I'm saying, but sure, I'll give it a go. At first, she actually rejected the role because she said that maybe the role should go to a French um, actress, or maybe a Canadian French actress. But um, with help of her dialect coach, um, and she actually learned the lines phonetically for the audition, she got the role. She's from the UK, and you've seen her because she plays Queen Victoria in the show Victoria. Um, she's been in Captain America, actually, in a little scene, which is actually very cute. Also in the UK movie, the romantic, well, the comedy, romantic drama, I guess, maybe for you. He's been in The Cry, which is also a miniseries from 2018, where she got a lot of good reviews as well. And in Doctor Who, she was a companion playing Clara, Clara Oswald, um, which I think that's where most of us know her from. Um, and all the stuff that I know her from, because I've been following her for a while, but she got her uh, role started on tv in emmerdale which is like a uk based um show like a tv show and now she's here i think she has an amazing trajectory um and she's gonna do even more amazing things and i think she might be like in the future being nominated for the role because i think she was amazing then we have angela knippenberg played by ali eli bamberg now angela knippenberg is supposed to be a german lady but you know what they said no not today and they casted Ellie Bamber who is also from the UK and British like you could make a case for this you could say it's unfair since they're gonna do a story that prides itself in being so true to the fact and trying to bring the story of also the victims to light and the people who I mean not actually the serial killer but the team who brought him down they should have maybe casted a little bit better but at the end of the day it's a bbc production and i mean i'm no expert because i'm i don't work in any of those uh, production studios please hire me um but i think if it's from a bbc production there are some requirements that need to be had and probably starring uk actors is one of them ellie bamber um she was in the tv miniseries adaptation of Le, the Le miserable and high resolution she's also in nocturnal animals which is a um tom ford uh, movie which was a bit harsh for me to watch but it's a beautiful movie um with amy adams as well and jake gillinghall so you should check that out that's a good movie then we have nadine once again i'm sorry nadine gear or Guire, gear i think played by mathilde Varnier again sorry um I think she's also she's French she's the Fre French actress um she was great in this let's talk about Nadine a bit later and then we have Remy which is the husband played by Grégoire my goodness Grégoire is Varine I think he makes he does an amazing role like he's great as well Paul Siemens uh, is supposed to be a Belgium diplomat and it's played by have you guessed it yet a UK actor <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, and the list goes on. There's obviously uh, AJ, played by Amesh Etirewida. Sorry for the pronunciation, because I have... I do not know any better. I think he's done um, 
like a, a like a maybe like a theater role shakespeare life that's where it says the tempest and that was in 2020 so i think this guy is getting started but i think it was amazing in the temp uh, in the tempest i haven't seen him in that and the serpent joe that's a great uh, filmography for him the tempest and the serpent <clears throat> and other people who are involved in this that i don't have the time to talk about because there's many people it's eight episodes in total i'm just talking about the main characters in here um and there's <clears throat> for example asian actors obviously that um for example sahajak buntanakid i'm so sorry honestly for my pronunciation but he was also great everybody was really great i don't want to say that word anymore they were awesome awesome um basically it's based on a true story like i said um, but the producers of the show and the developers of the show did not want the show to be focused on the real, like, of Char in Charles Sobrash's life because they didn't want to put more emphasis in his his life because Charles has already done that for himself. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but he, you, if you see the show, you know, he is a narcissist. He's a psychopath, like textbook psychopath who's obsessed with himself and <clears throat> he can do that already by himself. Like imagine if Ted Bundy were alive and he could talk about himself or he could, you know, decide what movies are made. I mean, people already do that with Ted Bundy enough. They don't talk about the victims enough. They only talk about the serial killer and how, like, how amazing he was and how he was good at seducing women and, like, etc. That's not what we want to see in 2021 when we're doing a true crime show. We want to see the stories of the victims and we want to see the stories of the people who made this happen. Um, obviously, in this case, um, Hermann Krippenberg is basically depicted to be the hero in comparison to, um, you know, Charles Sobrash. But uh, but in real life, um, this is kind of like, um, I mean, it could have been pictured a bit better. Angela Krippenberg helped like it was 50 50 work all right in the show it doesn't look like that but in real life angela was there working with the husband doing her shit so shout out to angela um, my german friend you can do it yes queen <clears throat> that's the show the show um was a bit difficult to shoot because covid 19 hit so according according to jenna coleman they were filming and then suddenly they were like you have to go home and we have to wait it out basically see how this develops the new requirements for filming for shooting and everything so they had to make breaks of five months uh one time and they they were not done telling the story they had to wait half a year to continue shooting the show but i think it's great i don't think you notice any of that stuff eventually i think they ended up filming stuff in the uk like you know, because of the pandemic, I don't see any, like, I haven't seen anything weird at all in the show. I think it's a very cohesive um, show, all eight episodes. And I had, a, like, I assume, um, since, I mean, I've already talked about this takes place in the Asia's Hebrew Trail, which I think this term might be a bit, like, not, not good, not, not okay. Um, but it's basically it takes place in Asia. So I assume they already did the chunk of work in Asia and then they filmed maybe interior sh shots or um, other location that I want to talk about in the UK. I, I I mean, I think that's what it would make sense. I don't know, honestly. Yeah, that's basically the info for The Serpent. And I'm going to now skip, skippity skip, 
to um, like an overall review without spoilers. <clears throat> and kind of, I don't know how much I can tell you. I don't think I'm going to go into the life of Charles of Rush. If you see the show, you find out. If you don't know the story, which, like I said, happened in the mid-70s. It was a long time ago, but maybe you don't want to be spoiled. So I think I'm just going to wait for the spoiler zone to talk real about what he actually did, um, what he's accused of, and how every one of them ended up like nowadays today. So for now, let's go into the spoiler-free um, review and just be chill about it, sit down and have a tea and just be calm. And then later we'll just rave and have a beer and shots, 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 shots and go into the spoiler zone. For now, let's just sit and I'm going to talk about this. Do not fear, we'll be fine. Okay, so the spoiler free version of the review is going on. <clears throat> so I already knew what the show was about. So I was really excited to watch it. And I didn't know what to expect. I, I just I just like Jenna Coleman. And um, I wanted to see her act because I have the feeling she's always done like very UK-based stuff. And I'm not going to lie, the thought of seeing Jenna Coleman in the 70s or 60s, more 70s, outfits just pulled me. <laughs> and also I like true crime. So I was ready to see some murder, some robbery, some bad stuff happen. But this show pictures it in a very real way so the sh the goal of the show i've talked about this before was to actually tell the stories of the victims so according to the production people um they try to bring in as much from the character like from the victim's characters as possible they like they contacted people they needed to contact to be able to depict the um the victims as well and they're like just little things like a necklace that they used to wear or the hairstyle that they used to choose, the drink, they like they tried to bring parts of, like not much, obviously. There's not, you know, it's not easy now after everything has happened to, um, to depict an accurate representation of the people, but they tried as much as they could. <clears throat> and I think that's a very nice, brave thing to do. In this time where everybody's all about them serial killers and how amazing they are, this show said, you know what? The victims are there too. And they make it very difficult for you. Like if you compare, I don't know what other true crime show I've watched. Um, maybe the Unibomber show from Netflix. I mean, that wasn't great. It was okay. Um, it's, I mean, it's different with a bomb, I guess, but it wasn't like the way that... This show makes you, like, root for the victims. Like, you get to know them, really, and their relationship. And they're, like, they really portray them as human beings, which they are. But sometimes in other true crime shows or um, the stories, they um, they kind of hum don't humanize them. They make them victims, and that's it. They share the name, and um, that's all they share with the actual victims. In this case, I don't even think they share the name for protecting their families, like I said at the beginning. But um, I think they tried to portray them as accurate as possible, which is really great. Um, in the case of the production values of the show, was really great. I mean... <sighs> I think they did a good shot. They they did a good job in capturing the atmosphere of the seventies 
Asia. I think they're in Bangkok. Um, obviously, myself, I have not been in Bangkok in the 70s, but I imagine it looked a lot like this. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's very well depicted. It definitely, at the beginning of each, each episode, that's not a spoiler, they show you, like, it looks to be, like, an old like film reel but then they expand it and you realize oh is the actual movie they shot this in 2020 and it, i think it looks really good and the music throughout the show is really good as well it's kind of like stereotypical for like 70s music um but i loved it love that stuff i really love the, the the music um it really was great and at the same time although it's like all oh, the 70s i really adore these time and the clothes and the outfits which honestly was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to watch this and the hair I mean am I are you kidding me um they also made you so uncomfortable at some point and I think that's I mean that's actually the the goal why they like why they wanted to tell the story this way um it makes you really uncomfortable you get to know the victims you get to see them suffer because I don't want to talk exactly about it because once again, spoilers, but his modus operandi was uh, very interesting or very particular. So you get to see it repeat itself over and over again and you know what's coming and it's not pretty, honestly. And it, there's so many layers to this because it's not only that he just kills people, <clears throat> there's other his relationship with other people as well. And also they brought this clipping back um, the Knippenberg storyline, which is actually the man who helped in this investigation. Um, and that's what you root, like, that's who you root for. And this ha they have this thing where it drives me crazy. He, they build tension so well. I mean, they usually, they use, like, normal tools that filmmaking has developed to create, a, you know, like, tension. But I fall, I fall for it every time in the show. I don't know what it is. In other shows, I'm like, okay, you know, great. But in this show, I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. Like, oh my God, what's happening? I can't believe it's happening. No, no, no. And I get so nervous. I don't know what it was. I think they build up really slowly, but really great up to the point. Because, I mean, they took their sweet time. It's eight episodes. And I think a few of the episodes are even like 50 minutes long. I think there are other adaptations of Charles Subrash, like Life, but none other... I mean, the good thing about a mini series and a mini, like, you know, <laughs> you know, like what I mean, is that you can take a sweet time and you can look into people's characters as well. And I think that's also very important. And when you look at um, Marie-André, which is the companion of Charles Sobrage, um, Jenna Coleman had her field day. Like, she, to this day, she doesn't even know how to feel about that woman. Um, we can talk about it later in the spoiler zone, but some people see her in a way some people see her as another and i think they did an amazing job in in the show i think they depicted it very well like the relationship as well i don't know i think everything was really great and 7.7 .7 stars i would even give it like an like an 8.5 because the like the i don't know what it is it's just the in the air as well as like disgusting like, you know, when sometimes something is filmed in 2020 or 2021 and you can see it. I know it sounds crazy in the lens of the camera. But in this case, they didn't. I mean, you could tell when you look at Tahar Rahim that he's wearing a bit of makeup. <laughs> but, you know, maybe Charles did wear a little bit of makeup to tan himself up. I have no idea. And I maybe it's the lighting. 
I want to talk about a shout out, a shout out to the guy who did the lighting because it's so good and so disgusting. Like imagine that sometimes, I mean, obviously um, the world has everything, a little bit of everything. And these people were privileged people or they had resources and Knippenberg was um, a diplomat. I don't know if I've mentioned, it's not a spoiler. He just is. So he also is, he's a man of means, but then I don't know what it is, but they're inside. The lighting is so great. Like, it just closes in on you. You know what I mean? Does that sound crazy? I think they did a good job, like, in the interior shots as well. It makes you feel like it's foggy and you don't know where you are and you're a bit confused and it's all a bit dirty in the air and it's not a place you want to sit down. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. But that's what I... Like, fluorescent lighting in the inside of some, sh like shots and I thought that was great I really appreciated the lighting guy that was a good job overall if you like a true crime show and you're tired of um, people like romanticizing glorifying serial killers and you've seen their side of the story and their own shit just watch the serpent and if you like the 70s go watch the serpent it's great there's not much, it's not, I mean, it is, the thing is that it is explicit, but like not, there's not, for example, sex, none of it, none of it in this, it's only implied, like you don't really, I mean, there's some stuff, obviously, because, you know, it's a show in 2020, but, or 2021, but it's really, really subtle in that way, sometimes true crime, true crime shows can be really explicit, The Fall, for example, I mean, it wasn't true crime, that wasn't a real, I think it wasn't based on a real, um, man the fall with jamie dornan um but i mean he was a stalker um of women and i think he did rape them i don't know but in this case like the sexuality it's only longing and implied i love the episode i don't know what episode it is i think it's episode two i'll talk about it more in the spoiler zone but that was one of my favorite episodes they depict sensuality so well like there's no explicit content somehow and you don't miss it at all and then the violent it is violent but at the same time it's not it's so weird it's so the like it's implied and they sh don't show you things but they show you things sometimes you know when they see they say in horror genre that it's better if you never reveal the villain or you never reveal the monster to the camera it's just the hint of it like the idea that it's there and then your imagination is always worse than whatever you can come up with this is exactly it that is this is it so if you like true crime go for this if you like um the 70s go for this and if you want to see um <laughs> lena uh, jenna coleman looking stunning come and watch this i think i've talked enough about uh you know without giving anything away i think i'm just gonna go into the spoiler zone and we'll talk about charles O'Brash, what the hell he did and uh, what has happened to every one of them? What do you think? Should we do it? I think we're ready. Let's do it. Okay, so spoiler zone, spoiler zone. Um, let's get right into it. What the hell? I think I had heard this story before in My Favorite Murder, the podcast. He's also known as the Bikini Killer. I didn't know that. Maybe I like that name sounds familiar. He was unnamed the bikini killer because um, his victims, being hippies in the 70s, like they had bikinis on. Real um, original, but it's kind of like catchy. Anyway, the serpent, the real story. When you watch a show, you're like, who, where does he come from? You know what I mean? Like, where does he come from? Where does he go? 
And he's actually, he was born in Vietnam. <laughs> he was born in Vietnam and then eventually he was um, brought to France and he was educated in France. So he speaks French, uh, friends, French um, as we see in the show. What he's known for and what you see in the show is basically he left for Asia eventually. <clears throat> we see that he was married, that he had a child. Um, and then that the the wife was like, this is not working for me anymore. I'm leaving. I'm divorcing you. The child is coming. Uh, the, the child is coming with me, basically. Um, and that is also, that's really true. But um, according to the research that I've done, which, I mean, maybe it's not very good. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> her first wife actually kind of like helped him out in a bit of the illegal stuff. And they were both like doing a little bit of petty crimes. And um, the, the wife did come from a conservative family in France, um, but they did divorce and they said goodbye to, to each other. And the fact that in the show you see her popping again in the interview at the end, like they got together again, that is has not been confirmed. Like I did not find it. I don't like he did marry again. He did marry another woman again later, a second wife, but it's not her. So I was really shocked when I saw the show and I saw that the same lady came back for him after they had divorced. I couldn't believe it. So don't worry if you were worrying about that poor woman. She like that didn't happen. He got married again, not to her. I don't know why they chose to make that, you know, to show that. I guess it was to showcase how much of a psychopath and <clears throat> how seductive his behavior can be. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> so basically the serpent in you know Charles, what he usually did was he used false documents all the time. And that's how he basically made his way through Asia and got money and did his own stuff. He would um, pretend or he would make the victims think that they got dysentery. Like that's how, like that's how I think how it looks like it, he gave them drugs <clears throat> that were actually actually produced for uh, treating dysentery. But I think um, he made them just get worse, obviously. And it wasn't medicine, but it was worse for them. And he, the storyline, at least that I found, is that it's supposed to mimic dysentery symptoms. So there you go. That's what he did, for example, with Dominique Renelot, um, which is a French tourist that used to live with them. If you've seen the show, you remember Dominique. We were so worried he wasn't gonna make it out. He did make it out, he's still alive. Great for him. Um, eventually, his first known murders were in 1975. Were with AJ, and played by Amish, I'm sorry, Edita Wida. Um, they drowned Teresa Nolton, which uh, she's depicted in the show. Um, and then later you see that there's other bodies that were found strangled or drowned and or burned. So he did different methods, but what it always kind of like was always cohesive was the fact that they were kind of drugged or they got, they were, they were poisoned basically. Um, and then eventually they poisoned and killed um, two Dutch tourists, which were, um, Willem Blum and Helena Decker, and that's where the Dutch diplomat comes in play, and um, Herman Knippenberg, a Dutch diplomat, started to investigate the murders, basically because 
<clears throat> of the Dutch victims, which the, the the name of the show are not the actual names, but we're going to leave them at that. I don't want to get into any of that. I don't think that's fair. You can see the names if you Google them. I won't do that because if it was, I'm talking about the show and the show they're talk, Willem Blum and Helen Decker. So that's what I'm going to use. I'm sorry if you're disappointed. Um, Basically, he continued doing that a lot. There's other victims, and I'm sorry if I'm not being really accurate, but there's so many things that happened. And something that's really tricky about the show is that many things happened in a like, period of time. So they had this jump of time, which can be a bit confusing. At first, I was a bit confused. Um, eventually, you know, the storyline is he married this French lady, this French lady. Um, he married this lady, um, this French lady, and they had a baby. And, and then she, I think it's um, Juliette, it's the name of the wife in the show, was placed by Stacey Martin, which she was in Infomaniac in the first volume, playing young, young Joe, and she's, I love her, she's great. Um, and then the wife leaves him, the, the the kid is also gone, and then he starts making his way, like, himself alone, then that's where he seduces, in, if you want to call it that, or he meets Marie-André Leclerc, which is a Canadian-French woman, who, um, she's, I mean, she's portrayed as being very, um, Catholic or religious, at least, I don't know if that's true, but then they started having this relationship, He's kind of like manipulating her, making her, basically, he's finally making her feel like she's worth something, that she's a goddess, that she she should have everybody on their knees. And then they develop this new identity for her of a woman or of this perfect woman who's a perfect hostess and his wife, Monique. <clears throat> they were never married, just a girlfriend. Um, and eventually, AJ is back part of the team it is, or it seems in the show that they know each other for a while. They call each other brother, and it seems they work together like for a while. But I don't know how long they know each other. I don't know. They all that's the team basically, and then Dominique eventually is brought in because, um, you know, Monique or uh, Marie Leclerc, Marie Andre might need help with house, um, and that's where they bring Dominique and they make him feel like he's sick. And they kind of like like kidnap him basically. They put away his passport. They use it for stuff um, and for traveling or for cashing travelers' checks. And that's uh, as a houseboy, basically. And he's manipulating, got slided into living with them and thinking that they are the ones who are providing a home for him, where it is not the case at all. That's basically the dynamic going on in the house. Of the serpent then they have uh, parties and they live in a like in a building in an apartment i did not know they just lived in an apartment when i started the show i was like that's actually a very humble place i mean the apartment is great um but it was it's a humble place for if you think about it how much money he should be making i guess but anyway then um, there's the neighbors there's nadine gear and remy gear uh, Remy is a chef. I don't know why i mentioned it but i thought ratatouille reference would be fine and then nadine nadine like eventually finds out that Charles or Alain, as Alain Gutierrez, I think is the fake name that he gives, um, 
he's a gem dealer or so he presents himself to be he does that partly and then other partly or the other part of his business you know not really business is drugging and eventually killing um this these youth that come out here or to the asia trail hippie trail if you want to call it that but i don't think i like this term to enjoy adventures and you know live life do a little holiday and that's um where he takes advantage of them robs them um kill them uses their traveler checks which i don't really know how it works but it seems like you know it's a good it's a good con and then nadine helps kind of like brings clients to the business which i think eventually it might be a bit like he did sell gems like it's not that they were fake gems i think he did make money off of that too but the the initial money that he had to pay for the gems that was a bit you know that's where the dirty part comes in i think i mean everything is dirty but you know what i mean <clears throat> eventually at the same time knipping back um is investigating because he wants to know what happened to the couple to the dutch couple and that's how the you know the show kind of progresses the focus is the dutch couple but then throughout the show you see other victims that he had um like vitali hakim um and his girlfriend that i'm sorry um i don't see the name right now i think it's suda romian no suda is the oh my god suda is the connection he had in the gem dealership he also manipulated her into thinking they were going to get married um and they obviously didn't um you know then obviously Teresa Nolton is i think is the first one that we see that they kill um is placed by Alice Englert uh or why am i pronouncing it french when she's american oh australian actually oh it's great Alice Englert and i've seen oh my god you i know her because she's from um beautiful creatures remember that movie that came out in 2013 that was supposed to be the next twilight <clears throat> i loved it she was also in ratchet she's nurse dolly nurse dolly um she's there for six episodes i think she's great i think she did a good job in the show um i think she portrayed the character very well somehow i feel like i know teresa <laughs> um Teresa yeah um I think um you know I'm gonna go with the goal of the show and continue with victims that I, I think I found it now so Vitaly Hakim was dating um Stefan Stefan Paris or Parry or I don't know how you pronounce it and she was also killed when she went looking for him so you get the gist they killed a bunch of people in horrible ways and this show brings them to light who they were and how this awful man is as the show progresses we kind of learn more about him and what he did before becoming whatever it is um he was married before like i told you before we like we find out about that later so the the there's like jumps throughout the show uh, throughout the episodes where they go back and forth it can be a bit confusing <clears throat> but it's nice to add a little bit of um dynamic i guess because and you get to like discover bit by bit if it were a normal um chronological show it would be a bit boring because there's a big time in um Charles Sobrage live where he repeated the same pattern over and over again so I think it's much more visually interesting if they did this up and like jumping back and forth and also getting to know 
his past later in the show and how he met um, <clears throat> Marie-André, etc. Um, the neighbor that I mentioned before, Nadine, plays a big role um, because she's the one that tried to get um, the embassies to do something about it, basically. Um, he was. She was like, this is happening. He's a murderer. He has brought to people. He's a dangerous man. Nobody listened to her until um, Knippenbeck, the couple, Knippenbeck, came around and um, found out about it and helped her in any way they can. Obviously, I'm basing all this in the story in the show. I don't know if Nadine did as much as in the show it depicts, but I truly believe she did a lot in that she's a badass. And she's still alive. Great, great girl. She's still in Bangkok as well. Um, <clears throat> if you want to pay a visit, I think she has a bed and breakfast. <laughs> um, and she visited the set when they were filming as well as uh, Hermann Kniebenberg. They both visited the, the set and got, got to know the stars, which I think is pretty great. And that actually shows you how the show's goal is, to, you know, to talk about the smaller people in this who helped bring this motherfucker down. <laughs> Um, eventually, Kippenberg is doing a lot of work and his wife and everybody involved, obviously, and they're gathering evidence. Nadine goes into that fucking apartment and, like, my God, I was so nervous. She has no fear and is taking pictures of everything, almost gets caught. I don't know if this is real, but this is nerve, like, nerve break. It was, I was so nervous. I, I thought that was really well done. I was really scared for her. Because I think what I liked is that it all took place in a, such a small apartment that there's no way they could hide anything much, you know? And obviously it was the 70s and maybe Bangkok where, you know, I don't know about political, uh, like police investigations or like, um, <clears throat> what is it called? Like criminal, I don't know, like crime scene investigation and stuff, but I don't think they did much in that apartment because they wanted to rent it out as my, uh, as soon as that guy moved out or those people moved out. Eventually, they did manage to arrest all of them, AJ and um, Monique or Marie-André and Charles. And for a, for a second, um, they think they might catch him because he's pretending to be an American. <clears throat> His accent wasn't very good as an American, so I don't know. And then he escapes, basically paying somebody off, I think. they He had contacts in the police because, based on the story that we saw, he was engaged to Suda, which I, I mentioned before, and his father, her father, was um, somebody that worked in the police department. Like I said, I don't know if this is all true. Obviously, it's, like, it's, it's dramatized, but maybe... <laughs> I don't know. Um, they escaped prison, basically. And then they ran away. Um, eventually, they were all over the news. They couldn't escape anymore. They finally made it to France, actually. AJ was left. We don't know where AJ is. I think they saw him last in, in Germany. Um, but he was never seen again. Um, and then there's just Marie-André and Charles being in Paris. I don't know if he visited his mother. I don't care about that son of a bitch. And... Then it became like an international affair. It was in the magazines. They had pictures of them both. Um, and then they had to keep on escaping and escaping and they made it to India. And that's where he tried to pull off, I mean, not the biggest con, but he tried to poison or steal 
the documents and travelers checks of 30 Germans. You never mess with Germans, dude. What are you talking about? What are you like? Are you out of your mind? He gets caught and basically and they have all the evidence and he cannot really. I mean, he was definitely detained or arrested for trying to rob and poison these 30 German um, people or citizens. I think it goes to show like if you're attacking people from certain nationalities or certain communities, they will come back to haunt you. I think, I mean, it made sense for his plan, but also that's where you could have seen a fault of like, you know, there is there are diplomats all over the world and that's not their job. You see at the beginning of the show, you see, you see them chilling and uh, they don't really care about it much. And uh, maybe nobody would have noticed unless Knippenbeck and his wife would have done something about it. But, I mean, his plan was good. It's just that, you know, nationality and the sense of community and uh, the sense of your job, <laughs> sometimes it's um, it's strong. And this is actually a, an example of how, you know, the entire world came together, Interpol, internationally to get this guy so he was gone he was arrested in india at this point marie andre didn't care no shit she gave a full-on confession and she pleaded guilty um i mean she never technically killed anybody but she did poison them and help rob them and didn't do anything so she's an accomplice in murder many of them even though some people might debate otherwise to say that she was fooled in love or um she was forced to do some stuff, which, I mean, she kind of was, but, you know, we'll never know because sadly she passed, well, sadly, I don't know. She passed away. I think she was 35 years old. She had cancer, um, I think, ovarian cancer. She died in 1984 in Canada. They allowed her to fly back home to rest, basically die. Um, and that's actually true. So that's the real story of um, Marie-André, like, Leclerc. She did um, get cancer and she was extradited to Canada or she was just sent home and you freed to Canada to die of cancer, ovarian cancer, I think, or womb cancer, I don't know, some kind of cancer. Um, and then Charles O'Brien was still alive and he was still imprisoned and the people were waiting for him to be done with the sentence in India so that um, Bangkok could claim him because Bangkok has um, death penalty. For murder so the clever and um, i have to say i mean clever okay he's son of a bitch one month before his sentence was done he escaped <clears throat> the prison and he handed himself over later so that they could find him and they could um arrest him again and for trying to escape i think they added 10 years of his sentence which was enough for the um, status of um for the the what is it status is mutation <clears throat> what is it called oh my god status of limitation is that a word statute thing the statute of limitations to expire in the murders in bangkok that means that they couldn't trial him for i i always thought the statute of limitations were ridiculous or are ridiculous i mean i don't know much about it but i think um you know, if you murdered someone, you are a murderer for the rest of your life, not for um, X years coming. Um, but yeah, he planned it well. So he was freed after, you know, fulfilling his sentence in India. And he was freed and went back to France. 
And once he was back to France, they don't show this in the show, he sold his story everywhere. And he um, he sold it for millions of euros or so it says. I don't know um, if that's true. And he wrote a book maybe about it. Um, they told He told everybody about the the things that he had survived and how he was so clever. And he even gave that interview that we see in the show. And he gave an interview to the Time magazine, I think, saying that um, he was free and that he, he, even though he didn't say he was innocent, but <clears throat> nobody can claim that he was guilty, basically. For some, for some decision that we cannot explain to this day, in 2003, he came back to Nepal. Why Nepal? Don't know. I think he was too scared to go to Bangkok. But he went to Nepal and he let everybody know that he was in Nepal. And he was arrested. At this point in 2003, many of the people that worked in the case were already retired or they were obviously they'd forgotten or they they could not register, they could not find the documents. In less than 48 hours, I think is usually when the arrest um you know, you don't have a reason or you don't need to um, accuse someone of any felony. You can hold them for 48 hours and then eventually you need to let them go. Um, and while he was in Nepal, um, Knippenbeck <clears throat> heard about it and because he is um, Dutch, he had everything organized and had every record. And then so he faxed the testimony of Marie-André where she explained that they were in Nepal in 1975, I think, proving that he was there and blah, blah, blah. And then that's where they could arrest him. So he was arrested in Nepal. Um, and eventually, you know, served his time in Nepal. And <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um <clears throat> Yeah, he served his time and he kept on trying to get out, like legally, you know, making a claim, but he never he made it out. So he's still in jail as of December 2020. And apparently he's been telling everybody, or so it says, like he's been telling everybody they're making a show about him and they're making the term, telling his story everywhere. And, you know, he's like showing off. Like I said, a narcissistic psychopath, son of a bitch. Um, he did marry a second time. His wife, um, he married, I think, um, in October 2008. I don't know. Um, apparently, the people of the Times of India said that the marriage came after the engagement in July, following her visit to the prison to offer to interpret for... Um, the French lawyer that was visiting Sobrage. So she was like, they met in prison. I mean, everybody makes choices. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody. So yeah, he's still in prison. We still don't know why he went to Nepal in 2003. Like, why would you do that? I have no idea, but <laughs> thank God he did. Cause now he's, um, he's been arrested and he's still in jail and I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's 75. I don't think he's that old, actually. I just, I can't believe that Marie-André died at 38 and that guy, he's still alive. Like, she did die very young, but he was third, like, he's 75. 
or 95. I can't do math. I don't know. I think it's fascinating. So that's the story of the serpent told a bit weirdly without rehearsing this first. <laughs> um, and that's what happened in the show, basically. So I hope you liked it. I hope you enjoyed this mess of a spoiler zone. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, follow me, for please, at Sarcastic Dimples or at Review Without a Podcast. And then you can write me at Review Without a Cause at gmail.com. And if you want to complain, I, I understand. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Drink water. Stay safe. Wear a mask. You know the drill. Bye.